Ezra swiped the flies from his face. He quickly pulled his sleeve back over his hand, which had fallen free from his grip in the process. His maneuver had no effect on the ones that found passage to his skin through an opening in his wraps. It wasn't so much the crawling as the biting that bothered him. They seemed to grow in ferocity every season. A sudden gust of wind flung dust into Ezra's eyes, blinding him momentarily. He stopped walking and winced in pain as his swollen eyelids struggled to blink the abrasive particles free. Such dry winds at this early hour forecast a baking hot day ahead. A message abhorred by the unsheltered destitute, but welcomed when accompanied by a merciful delivery of unsecured sheets from a nearby laundry line. Unable to sleep, Ezra left the discomfort of his mat early that morning, wrapped in his tearing linen cloths and new gifts from the wind. But it wasn't just the wind that disquieted his rest. It was the hammering footsteps and unrestrained excitement of the people rushing by him. The rabbi, he is teaching. Where? On the mountain. Come and hear him. The rabbi. Ezra had to see this rabbi. More than that, he needed to speak with him. A heinous offence worth dying for. A drop of blood trickled down the corner of Ezra's left eye as he blinked the final dust particles free. He gently pat away the evidence of it with his covered hand. If anyone noticed his condition, there was no chance of him getting close enough to the rabbi. Ezra looked down and checked to make sure all of his skin remained concealed after the struggle. Satisfied. He continued his journey, one tender step at a time. The sound of children's laughter sprung from a nearby dwelling. A little girl, no older than five, chased her sister onto the street. The extended doll in her hand no doubt the essence of their amusement. Ezra had a sister and a brother. They would play into the dwindling hours of daylight. Their friends often joined them too, including the neighbor's goat, who always mysteriously found a way out of its pen whenever Ezra was outdoors. Being the youngest, Ezra always struggled to keep up with the other children. But his brother never failed to turn back and carry him in his arms to ensure he too was well nourished by their intoxicating fun. And when they finally returned home, his mother would always greet them with a refreshing cup of cool pomegranate juice. But many years had passed since Ezra last saw his family. Too many to remember. His curse strictly forbids him from associating with any member of society, including his family, who determined disownment to be the most sensible course of action leaving these distant memories as the only remaining testament of love in Ezra's life. 
Ezra watched the children with bright eyes as they disappeared back into their home. There was one other thing breathing life into Ezra's soul. Thankfully, his limited childhood education was sufficient for him to learn of all the ancient prophecies. The promises causing every Jewish heart to clench in perpetual anticipation. The Messiah was coming. Lost in his thoughts, Ezra failed to notice the gardener crossing before him. The man collided with Ezra, dropping his basket of oranges. Knocked off balance, Ezra fell to the ground. His abrupt movements tore his garments, exposing the ghastly sores on his upper back. The gardener cursed Ezra as he rose to his feet and then gasped. Leper! Leper! The gardener's shouting rippled through a village hustling with activity. A leper! Get out of here, you unclean swine! Ezra's arms convulsed as he struggled to lift himself off the ground. A sharp pain pierced the left of Ezra's body, causing him to fall back to the ground, followed by another on the right of his neck. They were stoning him. Stop! Please! Have mercy! The jeers of the people intensified as more joined the retribution. Ezra shielded his face with his bleeding hands as he rose to his knees. They were determined to kill him, and if he didn't get out of there, he would never see them. A large stone hit the back of Ezra's head, propelling him forward. His chin struck the ground. The continued impacts on his body reduced to a numb provocation as he spiralled into deepening darkness. Ezra began to slowly unclasp his blistered grip to life. Son of David, son of David, son of David! The words vibrating through Ezra's soul forced him back through the egress of life. The son of David is here. I must see the son of David. Fueled with ferocious resolution, Ezra rose to his knees and then stammered onto his feet. With his eyes firmly shut and his head protected beneath his clenched arms, Ezra ran through the crowd. His words seemed to influence his every step. Son of David, he is here. I will see the son of David. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. The messenger of the covenant, the Messiah has come. Ezra's strength gave way and he fell to the ground. He quickly turned around, anticipating the approaching mob, but saw no one. Ezra crawled over to the shade of a nearby tree. He leaned against it and closed his eyes as he struggled to catch his breath. The heat was now unbearable, and it was two days since his last sip of water. Ezra wasn't sure how long it could last. He was precariously balancing along the thin edge of consciousness 
and there was still a far distance to cross. Ezra slowly reached around himself and fastened his sheets back over all of his exposed skin. The words of the villagers, like poison darts, penetrated deep into his heart. Worthless creature. Unclean! They were right. He was unclean. His curse, like the unyielding jewels of a dark serpent, prescribed him as the very embodiment of sin. He was not permitted to stand before the temple gates, let alone a holy god. There was no hope for him in this life or the next. The graceful melody of birds cascaded from the branches above, sending a cool revitalizing breeze down Ezra's entire body. Ezra opened his eyes. There was one who could make him clean, and Ezra vowed to plunge himself into this deep ocean of hope, or die trying. The murmur of a distant crowd resonated through the breeze. Ezra looked to the horizon and noticed an assemblage heading down the mountain. The rabbi had finished teaching and was leaving. There was very little time. With the support of the tree, Ezra rose to his feet and limped forward. His legs seared with pain, obviously injured from the earlier violence. With his mind and his soul, he willed the energy to his legs, one strenuous step after the other. Ezra squinted through the sun's relentless glare as his eyes remained riveted to the mountainside. And then he saw him. Ezra came to a sudden stop, almost fainting as his eyes beheld a sovereign sight gifted to an undeserving wretch like himself. His lips quivered as they shaped the prophetic words impressed upon his heart. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jolting back to awareness, Ezra noticed that he still needed to cross a vast distance to reach the crowd, and the rabbi was descending the mountain quickly. This was his only chance. If he didn't speak to the rabbi today, he would never speak with him. With renewed strength, Ezra heaved his legs forward. His words grew bolder and stronger, influencing his developing pace. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Ezra broke into a run, transfixed by the sight before him. The wind howled in his ears. He was shouting, but he couldn't hear himself. The image of the crowd distorted through his tears. He kicked his legs furiously, not knowing when he would collapse, but hoping it would happen as close to the teacher as possible. The sun passed beneath the clouds, sending a breeze of relief across the land. The birds dived down, capturing the cool air. They twirled, flying before Ezra in a unified Ambrosial dance 
spreading their majestic wings as they weaved above, below, and between one another. The sun reappeared, the birds flew up, and Ezra reached the crowd. There were so many people. Ezra wasn't a tall man, so we lost sight of the teacher as he approached. The crowd was a bubbling commotion. Everybody wanted to see him. More and more people kept squeezing to the front, pushing Ezra further and further backwards. Ezra cried out blindly. Son of David! Son of David! But his weak voice was absorbed by the screams of the crowd. A large man elbowed Ezra's arm as he plunged through the living fortress to get to the front. Ezra rose to the tips of his toes to get a glimpse of the teacher, but everyone was jumping in obscure in his vision. Where was he? Was he gone? Ezra's voice choked with emotion as his fears convinced him of a missed opportunity. Son of David, please, son of David. Then, Ezra noticed a slight opening in the crowd. He quickly stepped into it. Seconds later, others came up behind him, closing him in at all sides. He was a step closer. He still couldn't see over the top of the jumping crowd. Ezra tried to slide his hand between the people in front, but they were pressed too tightly together. Ezra realized there was a problem. The teacher was continuously moving down the mountain, but Ezra was not. He was stuck in this static location and couldn't get out. Ezra tried to push his way out backwards, but there were now far too many people pressing up behind him. Ezra realized there was another problem. He couldn't breathe. He wasn't tall enough to breathe in the fresh, life-giving air from above, and the heat from the people was steaming his already overheating body. Ezra lifted his covered hand, but it was lost beneath the sea of outstretched arms. Ezra's head flung back as he felt a sudden push from behind. The developing crowd was slamming into him, almost knocking him unconscious. The air grew thicker and thicker. Ezra kept trying to breathe in, but there was no air left. The noise of the crowd began to subside. He could hear his heart beating in his ears. The all too familiar darkness began to envelop him. Ezra shut his eyes and took one final compulsive breath in. Fresh invigorating air surged through his lungs. He opened his eyes and coughed violently, engulfing glorious clean air. He was pushed to the very front of the crowd. Ezra looked frantically around for the teacher, and then he saw him. He hadn't walked far. He was only 20 feet away. Ezra stammered towards him. The teacher kept stopping every few steps to greet the crowd. If Ezra kept moving, he could reach him. 
with outstretched arms, Ezra stumbled towards him, crying, Son of David! Son of David! There was no chance the teacher could hear him above the growing tumult. Ezra's only hope was to be seen by him. Ezra weaved between the people, barely making it through the narrowing gaps. The teacher's image flickered between the crowd. Ezra watched it grow larger and larger as he advanced towards him. The teacher stopped and lifted up a child. It was no longer a question of if he would see Ezra, but when. The crowd slightly dissipated, giving Ezra the freedom to increase his speed. Son of David, have mercy on me. Ezra held his breath as he estimated the rapidly reducing distance to the teacher. Eight feet, six feet, five feet, three feet. Ezra stepped around his final obstruction. This was it. He'd made it. Ezra's heart leaped in his chest as he stepped into the teacher's shadow. <coughs> Suddenly, a frantic mother burst from the crowd, colliding with Ezra. He fell to the ground. Lifting up her child, she ran towards the teacher. No! No! Panicking, Ezra looked towards the teacher, who continued walking. More and more people started pouring in from all directions as a new group of hysterical travellers finally arrived. A man stepped on Ezra's tender hand. Ezra roared in pain as he pulled it to his body. Another man stepped dangerously close to Ezra's head. Ezra tried to push himself up, but his hand was too weak, and the crowd kept knocking him down as they stepped over him. A slight break in the crowd allowed Ezra to finally rise to his feet. He looked around desperately for the teacher, but couldn't find him. And then he saw him. The back of his head slowly sinking down into the sea of people as he continued to walk further and further down the mountain. Ezra watched in horror as the crowd closed off every possible point of entry between himself and the only hope he had left in the world. As the thick, dark clouds of defeat overshadowed Ezra's heart, he stretched out his injured hand and whispered his final, feeble attempt. Please, son of David. The teacher stopped abruptly and snapped his head to the left. He stood there for a few seconds and then started to slowly turn around. One controlled step at a time until he was finally facing Ezra's location. Ezra couldn't see his eyes but he could feel his gaze penetrating through the people and discovering him. Without moving, or without saying a single word, 
the teacher seemed to direct the crowd, commanding them to clear a path between himself and Ezra. Ezra watched with amazement as the crowd submissively tore itself apart, until his personally crafted passage to the teacher was complete. subsided as everyone tried to understand the reason for this bizarre occurrence. Ezra stared at the teacher, frozen with monumental fear. Even at this distance, Ezra could feel the intensity of his holiness. It felt like he would disintegrate if he took just a single step forward. Come to me. The words exploded in Ezra's mind, sending an electric charge down his spine. Responding to the mysterious force, gently push it against his back. Ezra started walking. As he stepped forward, Ezra could feel the sheet slipping from his shoulder. He let it fall. He's a leopard! cried a man from the crowd, noticing the sores along the length of Ezra's arm. <laughs> Tears streamed down Ezra's cheeks as he felt the sting of his cemented label. Ezra let the sheet on his other arm fall too. Get away from him, Rabbi. More screams, more insults from the crowd. The teacher kept his gaze transfixed on Ezra's eyes. He did not follow the pointing fingers of the crowd, nor was he influenced by their insults. He just watched Ezra with a deep, unfathomable love, from eternal past and into eternal future. Noticing this, Ezra clasped his remaining sheets and ripped them off his body. removing his final threads of dishonesty, coming to him as he is, admitting all of his shame. Ezra ran the remaining distance and fell on his knees before the teacher. The ruptured sores around his eyes stained his tears with blood. Flies swarmed around the exposed sores on his body in a ravenous frenzy. Those in the crowd near him covered their nose and shut their eyes to suppress their sickness. Lifting his arms up to the teacher, Ezra cried out, Lord, Lord, if, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Ezra buried his head in his hands and bowed to the ground, shaking uncontrollably, afraid of what would come next. His audacious theatrics needed to be punished. Ezra clenched his muscles, anticipating the initial blow of his stoning. 
<laughs> Instead of the burn cracking impact of stone, Ezra felt a benevolent warmth pulsating through his left shoulder. He opened his eyes and slowly lifted his face from his hands. He saw the teacher kneeling down and touching him. The crowd gasped in amazement at such an incomprehensible sight. Instead of avoiding this leper and fearing his uncleanliness, the teacher was actually making an effort to reach out and touch him. Ezra thought his accelerating heart would explode. What does this mean? What was about to happen? The teacher leaned towards Ezra, within range of his infected breath. The teacher's eyes seemed to stir Ezra's soul into a voracious whirlwind, awakening it, calling it. As he leaned in closer, it turned more and more violently, lifting higher and higher, yearning to be freed, pleading for permission to fly into the eyes of everlasting love, to fly home. I am willing. Be clean. The teacher's words released an invisible waterfall above Ezra. It fell onto him, drenching him with the most satisfying liquid. The cool, turbulent water bubbled over his head, expelling his throbbing headache. It cascaded down his body and spiralled around his arms and legs before disappearing into the earth. Ezra breathed heavily as the sensation subsided. His skin tingled with pleasure. As his perception slowly floated back to his environment, Ezra heard the crowd gasping. Look! He opened his eyes and saw the teacher smiling at him. Ezra slowly looked down at his arm. It was clean. He looked at his other arm. It was clean too. Stomach, clean. Chest, clean. He ran his hands all around his body, emphasizing on the areas he avoided contacting because the pain was too extreme. Clean, clean, everything clean. No wounds, no pain, no scars, just smooth, soft, pure skin. The teacher stood and spoke with unquestionable authority. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded. This will show everyone that you have been healed. He smiled at Ezra, a smile that seemed to say that they would one day meet again, and then turned to leave. 
Ezra remained on his knees as the crowd stepped around him and followed the teacher down the mountain. He placed his head into his hands, a question he would often scream towards heaven in a whispered with renewed meaning. Hi, I'm Ed, creator of Redeemed Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, please watch a video I recorded with a special message. To see it, visit redeemedpodcast.org or click the link in the description. I'll see you there.